Recording in right, progress. Ah, here we go. This meeting will be conducted exclusively through video conference and teleconference pursuant to government code section 54953E and the state declared emergency. This meeting of the Zoning Adjustments Board, ZAB, will be conducted exclusively through teleconference and Zoom video conference. COVID-19 state of emergency continues to directly impact the ability of the members to meet safely in person, presents imminent risk to the health of attendees, Therefore, no meeting location will be available. Um, if you do not wish for your name to appear on the screen, what we've learned is you have to leave the meeting, and when you come back in, you should have an option to uh, identify yourself as anonymous. This is perfectly acceptable. Um, during the meeting, there will be specific uh, occasions and opportunities to publicly speak on items both on the agenda and off the agenda. I'll let you know when that happens. Um, and if you choose to speak during that time, uh, it's important that you raise your hand so that you can be recognized. And raising your hand, the way you do that is scrolling over the bottom of your screen, there will be a series of icons. There's one that looks like a hand like that. And you, when you click on that, it'll raise your hand and I'll know to recognize you. Um, if you're calling by phone, you'll need to, and you wish to speak during uh, a public comment portion of the agenda, then press star nine, and a little hand will go up uh, on the screen next to your name, and I'll know to recognize you. This teleconference will be recorded as all SAB meetings are recorded. All the rules of procedure and decorum apply to this meeting as they do to all meetings. Uh, whether in person or by teleconference or video conference. And I think those are the key matters that I need to address before we can proceed with our regular agenda, which begins with roll call. Samantha. You're muted, so it's gonna be hard for you to call roll. Such a good point. Okay, now I'll try that again. Um, when I call your name, uh, please uh, indicate if you are present and if you have any ex parte. Board member Trigu. Present, no ex parte. Duffy? Present, no ex parte. Gaffney? Present, no ex parte. Uh, Thompson? Present, no ex parte. Vice Chair O'Keefe? Here. Chair Khan? Present, no ex parte. Kim? Present, no ex parte. And Sanderson? Present, no ex parte. <clears throat> okay, so we have a quorum, so we'll proceed uh, with public comment on non-agenda matters. So this is a time when uh, anyone from the public has the opportunity to speak on an item that is not on the agenda tonight, an item of general interest to the signing board. And I see Kelly has her hand up and I will recognize you, Kelly. Thank you. Um, can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, great. So now I have more stuff to send you. Um, I, I was out for a walk this week 
and saw what looked like asphalt around the trees um, on the corner of California and University. And I complained about it at Berkeley City Council on Tuesday evening. And I got a response from Scott Ferris with all kinds of exciting information. And I, this is a new product to me. I don't know whether any of you know about it or not. Um, but this stuff that looks like asphalt around these trees is something, um, there are two manufacturers, Rubberway and Flexipave. And this is a this is permeable. Yeah, it's a, a permeable surface so that it protects the trees and the water can drain through. And there's also been um, a sidewalk that was installed in Berkeley around a redwood tree to save a redwood tree. So instead of putting laying down cement. Um, which would um, require cutting the roots and, and maybe damaging the tree severely. They're able to lay a sidewalk with this stuff by rubber way or flexipave, which is permeable. It doesn't off gas. It doesn't, um, it doesn't have bad chemicals in it. Um, it filters the water into the ground. It's the kind of thing that we really should have in as many places as possible to both protect our trees, um, give a walkable surface. Um, it's very friendly, um, uh, ADA compliant, um, and it, it looks pretty exciting and I wanted to tell you about it and think about where we would like to have permeable surfaces and give an alternative to um, say lay down bricks. This is this is really very exciting. So I'm going to be sending this to you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's really and it comes in different colors. Is it on Eaton Way? Is that where it is in Berkeley? Um, let me see. Because I think I saw it when I was out walking the other day. There's a gorgeous redwood on Eaton Way. And the sidewalk, instead of being concrete, had what looked like a permeable asphalt. That's it. That, that's got to be it. That's got to be it. Did Thanks you, for telling us about it. It's such a cool material. You really, So you liked it. Oh, yeah. And it was also easy to on your legs when you walk on it. It, it gives. It's a lovely material. That's yeah, so cool. It's Thank lovely. You. It's lovely and the write-up on it is really fantastic and it lasts for a long time. Um, you know, I think it's something that we ought to think about putting in many, many more places in the city because that's what we wanna do. We wanna have the water run into the ground when we get it and yeah. not run into the bay. Great, so you yeah. can send, can you send that to Samantha and she'll distribute it or? So yeah. send it to me and I'll get it. I'll see that it gets distributed, Kelly. Okay, so I'll send it to Zav and I'll send it to you. Thank and you. The pictures and the pamphlets and everything. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Okay, so now you got more stuff from me to read. Always. Always happy to get it. Thank you, Kelly. Okay. Okie doke. So uh, let me see. I think that that 
is it for uh, public comment on non-agenda items. Um, I am having a little, ah, here we go. Okay, that takes us to um, the consent calendar. And uh, I'd like to include approval of the action minutes from September 8th in the consent calendar. Before we uh, move forward with the consent calendar though, I wanna just check with first the my fellow commissioners here uh, whether there are any of the items, uh, it's Nielsen and Campus Drive, that uh, you have questions for staff about or that you would like to have removed from consent. And I don't see any hands. And if there's anyone in the public hearing, the attendees here, who wish to speak on these items or have questions about them or concerns, if you could raise your hand, that would be great. Gary Mattern and Chip M. Um, uh, oh, and Pam as well. Okay, so we have several people who wish to speak on this item. Uh, Gary, I'm just gonna, uh, I don't want you to speak about your concerns right now, but uh, we have, yeah. But if you can just tell me if you would like this pulled so that we can have a public hearing on it, that would be helpful to know. Yes, I would like to have a public hearing on it. Very good. That's all I need to hear. And we will do that. So, um, and that's on Nielsen. Uh, I, I assume that's on Nielsen Street. Is that right, Gary? Sorry. 605 Nielsen is the house in question. Okay. Uh, let me check with, I see one, two, three, four, five, six people. Uh, Chip M, Pam, Peralta, Renee, and Malcolm. Gary, do you happen to know if those six people, all uh, seven, oh my goodness, uh, Stacy and Magdi, uh, are these people all here to speak on Nielsen? Yes, that's correct. Okay, and Marion Bittler as well? I'm, I'm not familiar with that name. Okay, but the rest of them you are. Um, yes. Marion, uh, are you here to speak on Nielsen? Yes. yes. Okay, very good, thank you. In that case, we will pull Nielsen from consent. And, um, but uh, 1436 Campus Drive will remain on consent. I would like to ask that everyone drop their hands. Put your hands down. I will call you later, don't worry. Please put your hands down. Magdi, Malcolm, Pam, your, your hands are still up. Great, Pam, you're, good, okay, now. Anyone who wishes to speak on Campus Drive, please raise your hand. I don't see anyone who has concerns about Campus Drive. Very good, then we will uh, leave Campus Drive on consent along with the action from September 2022. And, um, oh, Doey. Oh, thank you, Chair. I was wondering if this is the time, appropriate time to make a motion? Yes. Very much so. Okay, motion to move along action minutes and 1436 campus drive. Thank you very much for the motion, Doey. Do I have a second? Second. Thank you, Igor. Trey Goob. Um, we'll uh, we'll uh, vote on the motion. Is there any discussion on the motion? Seeing none, we'll proceed with the vote. <laughs> 
Samantha? Sorry, I'm having funny delays. Um, okay, uh, so this is to approve the um, September 8th action minutes and the use permit for 1436 Campus Drive. Correct. Board Member Sanderson? Yes. Duffy? Yes. Thompson? Yes. Vice Chair O'Keefe is not here. Chair Khan? Yes. Kim? Yes. Gaffney? Yes, but I want to abstain from the minute since I wasn't here. And Trigum? Yes. Okie doke. Very good. Then uh, 1436 Campus Drive passes. Let's do the action <clears throat> minutes. And uh, your use permit is approved by this body is subject to all of the uh, conventional uh, processes for finalizing. The clerk has to record it. And there is the, uh, I think, a 10-day period after recording for potential appeal. Otherwise, you're in good shape. OK, with that, let's proceed with our action uh, items. And I believe that the convention is for consent items that are pulled from consent to be heard first. So um, we'll proceed with the open public hearing for 605 Nielsen Street to give uh, everyone an opportunity who came here to speak on that subject, an opportunity to speak. And we will begin as we always do with um, the staff report. Allison should be on her, there we go. And hey, Allison, welcome to tonight's hearing. Thanks. Um, oh, let me start this back. Okay. So, hi, I'm Allison Rainer, and uh, this is at 605 Nielsen Street. It's use permit CP 2021 0190 to add a 606. 63 square foot major residential addition above 14 feet in average height, make alterations in the existing non-conforming front setback, and add an uncovered parking space in the front setback off Nielsen Street on a lot that is not conforming for lot coverage. The property is a quarter lot with primary frontage on Nielsen and the secondary frontage is on Thousand Oaks. So the property is 5,000 square feet with an existing 2,400 square foot, two-story single family dwelling and a detached two-story ADU with a garage on the lower level of the ADU. Uh, the site is non-conforming for lot coverage and the front setback is non-conforming. The lot has a coverage of 47% where 40% is permitted. The project would remodel and expand the first and second floors of the main dwelling with cantilevered additions outside of all required setbacks. The average height of the existing dwelling would increase, but the lot coverage would not change. The bay windows on the sides of the dwelling would be removed in order to add to the footprint without further increasing the lot coverage. A new balcony off of the second floor would be in the same place as the existing entry porch in the non-conforming front setback. A basement would be added for a future junior ADU 
and a mezzanine would be added to provide access to a new roof deck. So the proposed average height is 28 feet, where 28 feet is the maximum allowed without an additional AUP. 45% of the existing exterior walls would be removed and 100% of the roof would be removed. The BMC threshold for a demolition is removal of 50% or more of the enclosing exterior walls and 50% or more of the roof. Condition of approval 12 requires verification at the time of building permit submittal that the dwelling will not be demolished, including an evaluation from a structural engineer. If during construction the building is demolished, then the applicant will be required to redesign the project and obtain new permits to conform to zoning standards. They can't continue the non-conforming if they demolish. So increasing increased uh, shading would be minimal as the existing 16-foot ADU at the site would be between the addition and the dwelling at and the dwellings at 600 and 600 and 608 Peralta. The addition would meet all setback requirements of the R1 district, except at the existing non-conforming front setback. The addition would not further reduce the non-conforming front setback and would not increase lot coverage and would not exceed height or story limits because of the project consistency with the zoning ordinance and general plan and its middle impact on surrounding properties. Staff recommends the Zoning Adjustments Board approve uh, these permits. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, are there any questions for Allison at this time from this commission? I see none. So um, I do have one question, Allison. Uh, I noticed that most of the permits that are being sought today are administrative in nature that only one, there's only actually one use permit that brings this before this agency tonight. Is that right? Yeah, that's because of the non-conforming lot coverage. Because of existing non-conforming lot yeah. coverage. And just to be 100% clear, the existing non-conforming lot coverage is illegal non-conforming lot coverage. It's not that they did some illegal addition at some point in the past. No, um, yeah. So it's an existing non-conforming condition. Um, yeah, and it's, I mean, basically because they have an attached ADU form. and a house, that's kind of how that can happen. Oh, it's because of the ADU. Yeah, because ADU was built. Maybe wait a minute, the yeah. ADU is counting as lot coverage? Yeah, if it's you know existing and permitted. It's only when you're adding, like state law doesn't um that prevents cities from limiting ADUs. Okay. If it if it would exceed lot coverage. That's that's good. That's important information. I was so had they not built the ADU, they their lot their lot coverage would be completely compliant with the zoning and we wouldn't yeah. be hearing this tonight. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Why don't you check but, on that while yeah. we hear from the uh, applicant and from the uh, concerned neighbors. All right. Thanks, Allison. That was a great presentation. Um, let's proceed with the applicant. And is that Razili Data, Allison? 
you're muted. Yes, Rosili is a um, property owner and um, speaking on behalf of the applicant. Very good. Rosili, you are recognized and I believe you have five minutes for your presentation as the applicant, you and your team, a total of five minutes. Yes, hello, thank you. Hi, my name is Rosalie Dutta. My husband, Kaval Ahuja and I are, uh, excuse me. <laughs> my, my husband, Kaval Ahuja and I are the owners of 605 Nielsen Street. We live here with our two children, Tavi is 11, He's a sixth grader at King Middle School and Gia is five and is a kindergartner at Ruth Acti. I'd like to talk, take a few minutes to talk to you about why we've planned this renovation and what it's all about. When we bought this house three and a half years ago, we were aware that it had some problems. There was rotation of the foundation on the south side of the house. There were termites, dry rot and leaks. And of course, single paned windows and all the discomforts that, 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 that accompanies that. When we moved in, we discovered more problems. There is a total lack of insulation, poor ventilation. The ceiling heights in most of the second floor are so low that we couldn't put an insulation to code and still have usable space. In fact, in much of the second floor, we can't even stand at full height. And you can't tell on Zoom, but Kavil and I are not tall people. The previous renovation in the attic had reduced the earthquake capacity of the building. We discovered dry rot in most of the windows and almost all of the windows need to be replaced. The entire foundation of the south side, but only the south side needs replacement. There are significant leaks in multiple locations in the roof and the roof needs replacement. The house is drafty, there are gaps in the windows. We can't keep the smoke out when there are fires. The basement floods during rains. And functionally, the house didn't meet the needs of our family. We had thought that adding a room upstairs would be easy, but we realized that this would involve significant changes to the already fragile roof structure. We had to consider a major renovation. For two and a half years, we've worked really hard with city staff going through all of the issues that have been raised to come to the design and plan for this renovation. I wanna be clear because concerns have been raised, this is not a demolition. We've had careful and precise conversations with structural engineers to make sure that the building will be stable. So I wanna state here that this is not a new construction project. And I'll add, as I feel that our character and intentions have been maligned in this process, that we are not being deceitful or manipulative about this project. We've set out plans that have been reviewed and analyzed to every last detail by structural engineers and the city planners and have been direct about how that is going to be done. Now I'd like to talk about what it is that we're planning. We're making the house comfortable for our family. We've designed a four bedroom, two story house, plus a basement that could be used as a junior ADU or as a play space for our kids. We're correcting all of the structural and environmental deficiencies of the house. We're staying within the footprint of the existing house and the 28 foot height limit. We've ensured that we're not casting any significant shadow on either of our neighbors. We've added a roof deck, which has been called unnecessary or excessive, but actually isn't unusual or unique in this neighborhood. We've designed the house with a gable roof at three levels to follow the slope of the land and to be compatible with other sloped roof houses in the neighborhood. There are a few changes on the main level of the house. Almost all of the modifications are on the second level, which was shoehorned in a strange manner into the attic. And we're putting lofts in the kids' bedrooms. Someone thinks that lofts are excessive. I just think kids need a fun space to play and imagine and study and live. 
And as I've said, we've worked very hard with the city staff, architects, and structural engineers to establish that this renovation can be achieved while keeping the structure stable. In fact, we've had three separate submissions to the staff to confirm this, this issue that led to it being originally put on the consent calendar tonight. In closing, I'll say that Berkeley was my first and is my always home. My family, excuse me. My family has been here for over 50 years. I was, I was raised here. After many years away, I came back to raise my kids here. I even dragged my husband here from Canada because I adore the Berkeley that I grew up in. In the Berkeley spirit, what we're doing is different and it is unique. And to me, that represents Berkeley in a beautiful way. We are creating a family home for ourselves, our family, our community of friends, our children and their friends. We plan to live in this home for a long time. <clears throat> Staff have recommended approval and we request that you accept their recommendation. Thank you. Thank you for coming, Rosili. Um, appreciate your uh, presenting tonight. Uh, and we will move forward with, um, I'd like to invite the uh, public, uh, yeah. any attendees here now to speak and Rosili, uh, take notes because you'll be given an opportunity to a two minute opportunity to comment on uh, whatever uh, people have to say um, in the coming minutes. If you wish to speak on this matter, please raise your hand now. I would like to identify all the people who will be talking uh, uh, regarding Nielsen uh, so that I can see how much time we will need to uh, devote to this. Um, I see seven, eight, eight, nine people. Pam, Renee, Chip, Magdi, Peralta, Stacy, Geary, Janidia, and Bittler. Um, I would ask that you hold your comments to a minute each. We have another item we need to take up tonight. And I'm concerned that we might get re redundancy. So uh, use your minute to speak to something that may not have been addressed earlier. Um, and I'm just gonna take it from the top with Pam. Yes, I'm uh, Jerry with Pam and Jerry. We live in the house of 613 Nielsen Street, immediately south of 605. Uh, it should be said that everyone in our neighborhood is uh, quite friendly and we have no problems with our neighbors and uh, enjoy having them in our presence. Uh, we feel as a, that the new construction is inconsiderate of those around them. One is they tore down a uh, two-car garage. Uh, this, it should be known that on Nielsen Street, all the houses except 605 have two spaces, a driveway and a space in front of the house. Uh, 605 has six spaces, and it had a two-car garage. So it had eight spaces. Um, in, in our the construction, uh, the destruction and reconstruction of a two-car garage into a two-bed apartment has taken two years. Uh, the construction goes for a month, quits for a month, goes for a month. You know, I enjoy this house and I work uh, as a blacksmith and I come home for lunch. There's always uh, loud music, uh, uh, saws going, compressors. It's very difficult for me to even nod off, take a short nap. The next thing I want to say is if it took 
two years now to build this two bed apartment over the garage. If you're going to add four bedrooms to the front part of the house, we're going to see an additional four years of construction, six years of construction for the house. Uh, this is a long time for us not to come home for lunch. I mean, just to enjoy our house, to be here in the yard. And now right under our kitchen window, there's a request to build a, a big driveway, 10 feet long. Uh, uh, Jerry, I think you're out of time. Uh, does yes, Pam wish to speak? No, I'll, I'll take my time. Okay, thank you. Uh, Renee, thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Hi, I'd like to start by introducing my son, Willem McNett, age 11. Um, I have been friends with their son, Tavi, for over three years, and he is one of the nicest people I know, and his parents are honest and would never do that. I would like to speak on their behalf as well. My name is Renee Jansen. We have known this family since 2019. As you heard my son describe, um, we are close with this family. We've been camping with them and socialized with them regularly. We navigated a pandemic together as part of a tennis pod, which required a pretty high degree of trust and coordination in an uncertain time. I want to attest that this family has the utmost strongest character and community mindedness. These are truly good people who I would trust all of my children with and who I think have the right to make what decisions they want about how to treat their property. And I hope that they get the support of this community to do so. Thank you for giving me an opportunity. Yes, thank you for coming tonight and speaking, Renee. I appreciate that. Chip, uh, you're up next. And also thanks to your son, William, for speaking, Renee. <laughs> Yeah, my name is Charles Miller. I'm at uh, 600 Peralta. Let me just start by saying it's, I think it's infuriating that you're limiting to one minute, uh, given the emotion and how many numerous people are here and affected by this. So sorry you're infuriated, Charles. What's that? I'm sorry you're infuriated. And you're taking my time now. Um, this, I, I, we were silent about this because we wanted to be good neighbors. Had we known how invasive this was going to be, we would have, um, been way more involved from earlier uh, because it has dramatically changed so much of why we moved here. We moved here to get away from the type of place we grew up in. When I say I'm from Palo Alto and my wife's from Palo Alto, what I get is, oh God. I said, no, 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 no. It was like North Berkeley back when we grew up there 35 years ago. The reason people say that is because of projects like this that are pre, you know, permeating the whole place and making it look like a... <laughs> a place I don't want to raise my kids, which is why I'm raising them here. And it's I just so disappointing. I can't, I can't express enough. And I'm so bummed that what I prepared, you're not going to let me read because I only have a minute. So please, I, please proceed, Charles. Obviously you feel it's important. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. great. I'm well, giving you another minute. Fantastic. Well done. So yeah, we wanted to be good neighbors. Uh, we didn't make a stink, but as another person said, it's been two years. It has changed our, our yard dramatically. We're one of the only two, I think, people on this call who are direct neighbors, um, maybe three. And it is uh, not what was explained to us verbally um, when we reviewed the plans. It's certainly not what I would have agreed to. We And they have expressed regret and said, uh, we're gonna, you know, we'll make adjustments. We'll work with you. And then after a certain point, they went totally radio silent on us and have been 
um, completely un, <laughs> un, un, uncommunicative, which is incredibly frustrating. Now we see this new thing about a new ADU and it's just infuriating. It's going to get, it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like a compound using every single part of the, of the lot. That's and it. I can't believe, uh, I sure. cannot thank, believe you guys. Thank have... you. Uh, Magdi? Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Um, hi, my name is Magdi Vanya, and I have known Kawal and Rosili's family for five or so years. Our, our children have attended the same schools and still attend the same schools. I have to tell you that this family, Kowal and Razili, are two of the kindest, humblest, most reliable, trustworthy, transparent, and honest people I have ever met. Um, they have proven to me over time over time that they're genuine in their intentions. They care greatly about the family and community. They're very forthcoming, proactive, especially during times of COVID. I can tell you numerous examples where they have been very proactive in soliciting everybody's perspective, in being very transparent about their actions, about um, how and when we interacted. And um, I, you know, really appreciate and I'm very grateful that they have moved to this community because they bring a lot of value. And I can just reassure everyone that they are truly genuine, authentic people. And um, thank you for, for listening to my perspective. Thank you so much, Magdi, for coming. Uh, Peralta. Hi there. I want to speak as hi. Can you hear me? Yes. I want to speak as quickly as I can because I want to get in as much information as possible. First of all, this is not a character assassination. I think these people who are representing them and what great people they are, this is not has nothing to do with this. In part, this has to do with the fact that we are setting precedent. Uh, it's not just about this project. In Los Angeles, the neighborhoods were destroyed because there were not protections in place. Then they created anti-mansionization uh, laws. Right now, we don't have a stopgap. We are relying on you guys. There is no neighborhood HOA. And if this is allowed, other people who are also ROI-focused will come in and overdevelop lots to maximize profits. I'm urging you, please do not approve this discretionary permit. It seems entirely disingenuous to call it a remodel or addition. Uh, their plans are extensive and excessive with no regard to the feel of the neighborhood and the lives of others. This project is what we should call it what it is. It's a new building. The ADU was presented. Stacey, you'll need to wrap it up. You're out of time. Can, can I have one, two more sentences? Two more sentences, go okay. for it. Um, my name's not Stacey, but uh, the ADUs was oh. presented to us as a garage reno, and it is a second home that is shoved behind their existing home that is ill-placed, towering over, and has destroyed three people's backyards, quality of life, privacy, and they have not at all been willing to work with us on any front that needs to be known. They have not at all been willing to work with paint color, trees, uh, anything to try to mitigate the fact that they Thank have you. created a uh, monster. Yeah, you said two sentences, that's about five. Sorry. Uh, Gary, <laughs> <laughs> I understand you're, you're enthusiastic. <laughs> Gary? Hello, this is Gary Madden. 619 Nielsen. Um, I would like to address the fact uh, on the 2002 general plan, uh, the third item of policy UD24, area character. It says it regulates new construction and alterations to ensure that they are truly compatible 
with and where feasible reinforce the desirable design characteristics of the particular area they are in. I don't see that happening in this in the drawings or the ex already the existing U AUD. Can you address that for me? Uh, we will. That's in the general plan, you say, Gary. That is correct. That's. Um, yes, under I e will. I will address that in my comments. The, the, we are now hearing the public. I'm not. We're not supposed to speak right now. But I will address that when we have our. Thank comments. you kindly. That's. Thank you, Gary, for coming. Um, let's see. I believe Nidia, you haven't spoken. Is that correct? Yes, thank you. Um, my name is Nidia. I live a few blocks away and I've known Rosley for 35 years. I don't need to speak to her character. People already have, um, but I you know, concur with all of the said um, things. I just wanted to comment also on something that people, I mean, I don't know, as, a, as I also grew up in the Berkeley area and you know, being a young family trying to raise our children in the same area that we were brought up in, it's just really difficult. So I get that the ADU seems like um, daunting and maybe bothersome to some of the neighbors, but for us younger generation, it's how we're able to live in the place that we grew up in and afford to live in the place we grew up in. So I just wanted to put that out there. It's really difficult for us young young families in the Bay Area to stay here and not leave. So I just wanted to say that. Thank you. Thank, thank you for coming, Nidia. I really appreciate everyone who came tonight uh, to take your time to talk. We also have Marion. Marion, you're recognized. Hi, I also am part of the same cooperative. Is it Marianne or Marion? Marion. Um, okay, I'm good, I got it right the first time cooperative babysitting group during the <laughs> pandemic that Renee mentioned. And I'm not gonna speak about their character, although I concur with everything that was said. I just wanna point out that uh, I'm sure they were just as unhappy to have it take two years to get their ADU built because there's supply chain issues that are um, hurting everyone. And I'm sure it was never their intention. And hopefully, you know, as, as the supply chain issues change, the, the rest of the construction might be faster. Thank you for that. We have, uh, I think, two people left. Uh, one of them raised their hand after I said I'll still recognize them. Uh, Malcolm, you're next, and then Nancy, and then we're calling it. We're going to close the hearing, the public hearing after that, and talk among the commissioners. Malcolm? You're recognized, Malcolm. You need to unmute. Sorry. Can you hear me? Yes, sure can. Thank you. Okay, sorry. I'm from 600 Calusa Avenue, and I just wanted to reiterate that um, there's there's no question about the integrity of the family involved here. There's also no question about the fact that this house badly needs to be remodeled. But I think the neighbors have drawn a line in the sand here, and are concerned that it's just too much. It's just too big. And really, some of these, if, if, if I refer to the development standards, some of these issues, uh, some of these quantities that are shown, in some cases include the ADU, which incidentally is not an existing building, it's not even finished yet. But in other cases, when it looks more advantageous, ignores the ADU. For instance, the, the rear setback is listed as 31 foot 6 inches, when in fact it's 
four feet if you include the ADU, which is mm. quite a large building. Uh, mm. The number of bedrooms, this is a three bedroom ADU. Okay, can you conclude? You're, you're, you're out of time. And that's certainly Wrap not very much done. Okay, anyway, that's Thanks. all I have to say. Thank okay, you. Very good, thank you. And then our last uh, person tonight, Nancy. Hi, thank you very much. Uh, I am a Berkeley resident. I live on Tacoma Avenue, which is a few blocks um, in, in the Thousand Oaks neighborhood. Um, I just would like to point out um, that um, it is consistent with Berkeley policy and with uh, the long-term development strategy to add housing to neighborhoods like Thousand Oaks. And what that means for families is that if you're going to add an ADU, you need to make your primary residence livable. Uh, and that is inherently going to change the character of the neighborhood. As we add more housing, the character of our neighborhood will change, but we will house more people and uh, make housing more affordable for our neighbor, for our neighborhoods. And I think that that is an important um, policy objective that really needs to take precedent to concerns over uh, neighborhood consistency or um, you know, lot, lot size. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming, Nancy, I appreciate it. Um, so we're going to close the public hearing now and bring it back to this commission. Uh, I certainly want to uh, apologize to everyone who spoke tonight who wanted to speak more than a minute, but I think the points uh, were all made that needed to be made. And um, uh, Rosili uh, has an opportunity to respond to some of the comments. You have two minutes, Rosili. Hi, this is a couple of, um, I wanted to respond. Um, I'm, you know, thank you for everybody who spoke. Uh, I wanted just to two, about two minute response. Uh, I want to talk about the delays. We've uh, also been super frustrated with the delays. We apologize. Uh, there have been significant supply chain issues and uh, even delays with uh, some some things. You know, people getting sick uh, with COVID. The con our contractor got sick for for six weeks and still having long COVID issues. Um, so we, we absolutely did not want this to take uh, to you know. It's it's going on a year and a half now. It's 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 also it's super frustrating for us as well. We really apologize for that. Um, we have been trying to work with everybody. Chip, I, I'm, I did not realize we, you felt we were not being responsive, um, that it was not absolutely not our intention. We still want to work with you to make sure we know that, you know, the building is, it's about the same distance as the last building, but it does feel, you know, closer to, to your backyard. And we want to, to work with you to make sure that it doesn't overwhelm you. Um, we can still, you know, whatever we can do. Um, paint wasn't something that we talked about with, very many people and that came up um but that's the building's now painted um during the next time we paint it we would be happy to talk to people about it um i wanted to mention that you know this in terms of sizing the addition of 600 or so square feet most of it's in the in the edu in the basement so it will not it will not tower you know it will not create a bigger space or footprint um, most of it the 450 feet of it are in the in, in the junior adu underneath um and also, we feel that this, you know, this project will not have the same impact. We, we know that the four-foot setback on the ADU, it's a big change uh, for the community. It's only four, foot, four feet from the sidewalk. It's pretty close. Um, 
and but we are not going to be changing the footprint of all of this building so we do not feel it will be uh, a big change in that line um, and again you know we're just we know it's been frustrating we're also super frustrated it's been a very challenging couple of years or year and a half um, working with the, the contractor and, and you know we started this during COVID um, and that, that was uh, that was challenging in itself uh, it still continues to be at times but we're getting close to finishing it now thank you very much uh, we'll now uh, close the public hearing and bring it to the commission uh, and um, I'd like to uh, ask if there is a motion or comments uh, uh, a motion for purposes of discussion or comments prior to a motion uh, from anyone on the commission. Uh, Debbie? I just, I need some clarifications from staff um, and maybe from the applicant. Um, the, my understanding is that because the ADU is not complete, then uh, you can't count it as existing. So that is why they show the large 31 foot rear yard setback. Um, when in fact, the ADU is almost finished. And I think this is just a legalistic um, quirk that we're in. The ADU is there. It's, it's, am I right that they're not working on the ADU, just on the main dwelling? Allison? Wait, so, so what was your question? So, yeah, I did tell them to dimension the, you know, the setback for the house. But yeah, the ADU is there. Right. So really, the, the, in the ADU is closest to the neighbors on Peralta. Okay. So, but there's no work in this proposal for the ADU, is there? No, the, yeah, ADU was approved a couple years ago. Um, I'm and if, uh, if it had been finished, then it would have shown up as well, existing with the, the But the setbacks, though, are for main buildings. And so the setback for, um, from the rear lot line to the main building is accurate. And then ADU, detached ADUs have separate um, setback standards, same as all accessory buildings or accessory structures. Okay, so they're I, kind of, like they're two. I would kind of I I would differ with you, but it's not important. <laughs> uh, but I want, but that's what people needed to understand when they saw the big number and they looked at the site plan and there was a four feet. So it's the distance to the main dwelling. Yeah, okay. let me let me uh, clarify uh, if I can, and Samantha, Allison, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the required setback for ADU uh, that you know better than anyone, Debbie, is four feet. Right. Um, by state law, uh, and uh, ADU can be built within a required setback for a main dwelling. What the 31.6 represents is the setback for the main dwelling. In other words, this, this remodel does not uh, reduce the required setback for the main dwelling. Whether the, the ADU is finished or not is not the issue. The issue here is, are they reducing the required setback for the main dwelling? This work is only being done. What we're reviewing tonight is the main dwelling, not the ADU. So I think that is the correct way for staff to represent the situation to show that 31.6 inches is still being preserved, is not being reduced. 
And uh, uh, does that make sense? Yeah, makes perfect sense, as long as it's clear. So thanks. thanks. Um, I have a kind of a follow-up question, Allison. So uh, were you able to find out if the um, this permit that is being requested now it would have been required had the ADU not been built? Because to me, that's an important question. No, because I mean, I so I don't know the the like I see the footprint of the previous garage, but, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's smaller than the ADU. Mm -hmm. But you know, with just the house, the lot coverage is twenty eight percent, which is below the forty percent maximum. Um, yeah, I don't okay. know how to figure that, out how that, big the garage that, was, but that, it wasn't as big as the ADU. That's yeah. helpful. Okay, thanks, Allison, for clarifying that. Uh, Samantha, your hands up. Uh, do you want to speak? No, it's just an accident of, okay, of our technology. Okay, uh, are there any other questions, comments? Uh, yes. I would just like to make a motion to approve the project as proposed. Thank you, yes. Um, do I have a second? Uh, Dewey? Yes, I second. Thank you. Uh, would uh, I'd like to open the floor to discussion of the motion. Uh, would anyone like to comment on the motion? Yes. Thank you, Chair Khan. Um, a couple thoughts about uh, a project like this. Well, obviously, um, first of all, thank you for the presentation and um, and for the comments, everybody. Obviously, this is uh, it's emotional for everyone, and it's important. It's really important. Um, one thing about these types of lots, and this is common in Berkeley, these corner lots, they're a little bit different um, because they have a garage that's accessible not from the front of the dwelling, but from the rear yard of the dwelling, and so they're a little bit different. I think. Um, for this lot in particular, actually, um, given that it's already, it's all given that they're only going up in seven feet in average height, and it's a north lot, it's in it's north on the block. The shadow impacts will be minimal compared to any mid-block lot. This isn't like a typical mid-block lot. Then this is this is quite different, actually, being north on the block. And if you look at the shadow studies, the the impacts are quite minimal. But another thought is. You know, digging down, I think, is a really smart idea. When you look at Berkeley's goals and our priorities, especially in the general plan about adding housing um, and multi-generational housing within our communities, digging down and for that modest, very modest junior ADU, I think, makes a lot of sense. Um, couple that with the fact that all we are here to do is address the 47% lot coverage that's already an existing condition and that they're not changing that condition. That's where my... Uh, motion to approve ha has has really come from um, is just thinking that uh, really that's that's what's before us tonight. Thank you. Yes, um, I, I would like to provide a, a few remarks uh, before the vote, unless there are other commissioners who wish to speak on this tonight. First, uh, I want to thank everyone uh, who came tonight, both uh, people who. Uh, oh, Debbie, why don't you go ahead and, um, and speak? I'll, well, I didn't to mean to interrupt you. <laughs> No, go for it. I just I wanted to um, to encourage the neighbors and the applicant to think about the larger picture and not just this one project. Um, Berkeley has a long-standing tradition of not messing with residential design. We don't have design review for residential projects. 
And this project, even though it looks out of character to some in this neighborhood, to others, it looks fresh and new. And, um, and it is a change, but I don't think it means that the whole neighborhood is gonna start doing this. They could have done it already. I mean, this doesn't create any opportunities that weren't already there for everyone. So it is the, I know adding the ADU and discussing a junior ADU seems like a lot, maybe an overuse of the parcel, but today that is exactly the use that the housing policy folks like to see because we have to add a lot more people uh, and a lot more homes to our city and squeezing them into existing homes like the junior ADU is a very nice way to do that. So I hope that um, you'll be tolerant of a change in the visual impact of this property um, and understand that adding the ADU and the junior ADU is what's allowed by right by state law and it is the living pattern that we expect we will see more of uh, over time as more young families try to figure out how the hell to raise a family in Berkeley. Um, so it's it, you are at the beginning of a shift in attitude and a shift in state law about housing, partly because we didn't build enough for so long that we have a housing crisis. So we're digging our way out of that. One way to do that is to preserve an existing building that sounds like it has quite a few structural problems, to add an ADU and to add a junior ADU. So, um, it's a living pattern that I think you're going to see more and more of. And I, I am pleased with the use of the, of the space on the parcel and in the house that they really expanded it very little um, and done a lot of very needed renovation just to have the house survive. So um, I, I think it's a good plan for the neighborhood. Thanks, Teddy. Igor? Thank you so much. Uh, I um, wanted to associate myself with um, the comments uh, made by previous speakers. Um, I did want to thank uh, members of the community for coming out, uh, regardless of uh, what your perspective was. Um, uh, this is not uh, specific to this project, but um, you know I'm certainly sympathetic to the length of time it may take for construction to happen. But I also um, just want to acknowledge that uh, the pandemic has wreaked havoc on supply chains. And I work in solar and storage. Uh, there have been massive supply chain uh, delays in our industry, certainly in the construction industry, everything from the ground up uh, beginning to end has slowed down, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, there's a shortage of labor, there's a shortage of materials and so forth. Uh, my hope is it, it sounds like um, 
should this be approved. Um, the construction is really nearing an end, um, and that is uh, encouraging. Um, and should this be approved, um, I do hope that there is an opportunity for um, continued partnership and uh, being able to work together. Um, I'm sympathetic to the needs of um, growing families here in Berkeley as well, and I will be voting to approve this project tonight. Thank you, Igor. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, the, the other commissioners here have really <clears throat> expressed um, most of what I wanted to say. Uh, one of the things that I wanna make the neighbors who came who are opposed to the project aware of is that the only reason that this is coming before this board tonight is because the ADU was previously built. Had they built this addition first, we would be we would not have the authority to rule on the ADU. The ADU is an emergency measure. It's throughout the state of California. Everyone has the right to build one who has a private uh, property. Every one of you who came here tonight who owns your homes could do that. And none of your neighbors, including these neighbors, would be able to stop you or even come to a public hearing to oppose you in doing that. And that's because we just haven't built enough housing for our citizens. It's driving people into terrible situations where they can't afford the rents and they're living on the streets. We have an obligation, we all do, to see that more housing is provided for our citizens. And that means we all have to take a hit. And an R1 district, traditionally, which this is, is a single family district where historically affluent white folks lived and were able to keep it, keep the neighborhood the way they wanted it. The council is working to change that now. You may see greater density coming up in the future. But right now it's ADUs that are allowed by the state and they were totally within their right to build that. And we have no authority to oppose it. I feel we have no authority to oppose this modest addition to their existing home. The only reason we're being, we've been hearing it tonight is because they built an ADU previously, which we have no authority over. So uh, I would support every one of you who came tonight. If you wanted to do an addition of a comparable character or nature on your homes, it is your right as a homeowner, and it is their right as homeowners to do what they reasonably are allowed to do by the zoning code, not the general plan. The general plan, I said, Gary, that I would speak to that, is a general plan that has general provisions for how districts should be developed. We are the Zoning Adjustments Board. We do not rule on the general plan. That's a planning commission issue, not a zoning board issue. We rule on the zoning, and this is in total conformance with the zoning of this district, and that's why I'm voting for it tonight. So I know that's not what many of you wanted to hear when you came tonight, but I want you to know that you were heard, and every one of us feels bad that we can't say, sure, we'll stop the project because you want us to, but there are also homeowners that have to be considered. And I defend their right to do what they have a right to do, the same way I would defend your right were you the ones coming before us tonight. So I'll, that's why I'll be voting for it. Um, with that, if there are no further comments, Samantha, uh, let's take a vote.
you're muted. I'm muted again. Sorry. Um, uh, okay. Um, we've got uh, Sanderson. Yes. Duffy. Yes. Thompson. Yes. Vice Chair O'Keefe is absent. Chair Khan. Yes. Kim. Yes. Gaffney. Yes. Trigu. Yes. So the uh, motion is passed uh, unanimously. Uh, you have your use permit and it is subject to all the standard conditions and uh, limitations of any use permit. Um, that takes us to the final item on the agenda. Thank you everybody for coming tonight. Uh, Doey, did you wish to speak? Yes, sorry to interrupt the flow. I just had a quick question about Kitridge project. What's the rule for commissioners who might live nearby the project? Good question. Uh, Samantha, is it a 300 foot rule or 500? I can never remember. It's 500. Five? I think it's 500. 500 yeah. I think it's 500 as well. Yeah. Let me. Um, yeah, let me let me look it up. Thank you. Happy to wait while you do that. That's an important question. Do you know how far away you live, Dewey? Yes, just I, I just wanted to double check if I was around like the half mile range, but if it's 500 feet, it sounds like I'm fine. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's I know it's it's no more than 500 feet. So I see. That sounds like you're good and I don't want to lose you. Okay, great. Then let's proceed with uh, the final item uh, for tonight 2065 Kittredge Street. And um, we'll open the public hearing. Uh, Samantha, who do we have to speak on this uh, item? Uh, Sharon. Sharon Gong. Let's see, I don't see Sharon. She oh, there she her. is. I think it's just, yeah, it's that lag, getting people moved over. There she is. There she Hi. is. Hey, Sharon, how are you tonight? Good, I'm ready. Um, <laughs> hardest working planner in the bay area <laughs> hopefully we'll get some help soon um but here we are and good evening good evening uh board members and uh, the public um i am sharon gong i'm the project planner for use permit zp 2021-0193 at 2065 um, before we begin, I'd like to point out some revisions that staff proposes to the conditions of approval document, attachment one, exhibit A. Condition number 30, affordable housing mitigation fee, and condition number 34, the streets and open space improvement plan impact fee, uh, would be moved from the section for the conditions to be implemented prior to issuance of the building permit to the section for implementation prior to final inspection 
or issuance of occupancy permit. So just a change in sections, no change in the condition itself. Content, sure. Yeah. What was the second one? Condition, condition 34, the SOSIP fee. Oh, got it. Okay. Yep. So the two fees. Okay, great. So now I will move on, share my screen. Um, And let me get full screen. Okay, here we are. Uh, now I'll give an introduction to the project, and then later I will pass it on to Rincon Consultants to give an overview of the sequel review process for the project. So, a 20, uh, 2065 Kittredge mixed use project proposes to demolish portions of the existing city landmark buildings and construct an eight-story mixed-use density bonus project with 187 dwelling units, including four live-work units and nine very low-income units, and approximately 5,000 square feet of commercial space. The project site is located in the CDMU downtown mixed-use district core sub-area on a single parcel that encompasses the city block bounded by Alston Way in the north, Herald Way on the west, Kittredge Street on the south, and Shattuck Avenue on the east. The project, uh, the, the parcel is subdivided into three condominium units, A, B, and C. The project site, unit B, is defined by um, the unit B uh, unit footprint, and it's shown in the hatched area in this image here. In the vicinity to the site's north is a parking garage and other commercial buildings. To the west is the Dharma College complex. To the south is the Central Public Library. And to the east, sharing the same block as the, as the project site, Unit B, are uh, the units A and C of the parcel, which are the Shattuck Hotel, the Hotel Shattuck Plaza, retail and apartments, and the former Shattuck Cinemas. Building heights in the immediate vicinity are two to five stories in range, with Shattuck Hotel at five stories. Further north on Shattuck at Center Street are commercial buildings that reach up to 16 stories. The block parcel <clears throat> is currently occupied by the city landmark Shattuck Hotel, which has four main components. The original hotel building that was constructed in 1910, the 1913 hotel expansion and Hinks department store edition facing Shattuck and Kittredge, the 1926 Hinks expansion facing Kittredge and Harold, and the 1959 Hinks edition facing Harold Way and Alston Way. The project proposes to demolish um, the unit B space, which is shown here with the, the red outline, including the 1959 edition, the 1926 edition, and portion of the 1913 edition. These areas are currently, uh, are currently occupied by spaces that previously housed the Habitat's Children Museum, and part of the Shattuck cinemas up here. And they are both now vacant. 
I should say now the entitlements were previously obtained for a similar project boundary in 2015 under the address 2211 Herald Way to demolish the historic structures and construct an 18-story, 302-unit mixed-use building, which included commercial space and a movie theater. Building permits were never obtained for that project, and the use permit expired in January 2020. The current project, 2065 Kittredge, proposes to construct an eight-story mixed-use building with the following main components. 183 dwelling units, 41 studios, that's including 41 studios, 31 bedroom, 101 two-bedroom, and 11 three-bedroom units. Four live-work units, nearly 5,000 square feet of ground floor commercial space, nearly 12,000 square feet of usable open space in two ground floor public plazas off of Kittredge and Alston, and a seventh floor, seventh floor roof deck and 43 parking spaces. The project qualifies for a state density bonus by providing nine very low income units and adding 24 bonus units to the 100, 163 base project for a total of 187 units in the final project. They request a concession to reduce the use of open space requirement and request waivers for the height, setbacks, commercial parking, and the amount of landscaped usable open space. Because the project proposes substantial impact to a city landmark, it was referred to the design review committee by the Landmarks Preservation Commission and was reviewed by the LPC for the demolition referral to the ZAB and for a structural alteration permit. The LPC approved both in August of this year. The project is also subject to an environmental review under CEQA because of the proposed impact to historic resources on the site. Now, at this point, I'm going to hand it over to Katie Green of RINCON Consultants to talk about the CEQA review process and the ER, EIR addendum. Thank you, Sharon. Welcome, Katie. Hi. Um, I'm just setting up my screen share. Uh, thank you, Ms. Gong, Chairperson Khan, and board members. Um, RingCon Consultants prepared the EIR addendum for the 2065 Kittredge Street Mixed-Use Project. The original project proposed for this site was called the 2211 Herald Way Mixed-Use Project, which would have consisted of a combination of residential and commercial development in a building up to 180 feet or 18 stories high, with a step down to 54 feet or five stories along street fronts. The building would have consisted of predominantly brick veneer panels, precast concrete panels, glass and glass bandrolls, and included 302 residential units of which 28 would have been affordable, a six theater cinema complex um, to replace the Shattuck Cinema interior, which would have been demolished and a three story subterranean parking garage. The project site is located in the downtown area plan, and the EIR for 2211 Herald Way was streamlined under the 2009 downtown area plan final EIR under CEQA guidelines section 15183.3, which applies to infill projects that meet a number of criteria, including proximity to transit. 
the infill EIR identified significant cultural resources impacts, including a significant and unavoidable impact resulting from demolition of the 1926 addition to the Shattuck Hotel and partial removal of the 1913 addition to the hotel. Two other historic resources impacts were reduced to a less than significant level through the incorporation of mitigation measures. The first of these is alteration of the setting of historic landmarks adjacent to and facing the project, including the Shattuck Hotel, Public Library, and the former Elks Lodge and Armstrong College building. Additionally, ground vibration or soil movement as a result of construction activities were found to have the potential to compromise the foundation of nearby historic resources, but with mitigation, this impact was reduced to a less than significant level. Finally, transportation impacts were analyzed using a level of service metric um, and also required mitigation to be reduced to a less than significant level. This slide uh, details changes in the original project and the one currently proposed. The 2065 Kittredge project before you today is a smaller building than the original 2211 Harold Way mixed use project. It no longer includes a cinema and contains fewer residential units and parking spaces. The building is shorter and construction would involve less excavation, excuse me, excavation since the subterranean parking garage would be one level instead of three. The design of the building has also been updated to be more consistent with the downtown Berkeley design guidelines. Pursuant to section 15164 of the CEQA guidelines, an addendum to a previously certified EIR can be prepared if some changes to the project have occurred. An addendum can only be prepared, however, if substantial changes that may cause a new or substantially more severe impact have not occurred. If changes of this type have occurred, it would require the preparation of a subsequent EIR pursuant to section 15162 of the CEQA guidelines. In this case, the modified project included only minor technical changes and reduced the overall development intensity of the approved project. Uh, let's discuss the findings of the EIR addendum. The findings of the analysis in the addendum were that every impact would be similar to or reduced compared to the impacts of the original project. We found net negative operational air quality impacts as the cessation of the existing uses would result in lowering emissions more than the new project would raise them. The analysis in the addendum also results in the removal of some cultural resources mitigation due to modifications in the building's design, which reduced the potentially significant impacts found in the prior EIR. The addendum also found slightly decreased greenhouse gas emissions, noise, and utilities impacts. The prior EIR did not use the vehicle miles travel methodology for transportation impact analysis. However, the addendum found that the project would generate both fewer trips than the original project and that the modified project would have a less than significant impact on vehicle miles traveled based on the project's location one block from the downtown Berkeley BART station. This slide summarizes changes to the cultural resources mitigation measures from the mitigation monitoring and reporting program associated with the prior EIR. Mitigation measures CR1A through CR1D would remain required as the modified project similar to the original project would demolish and partially remove the Shattuck Hotel historical resource. Mitigation measures CR2A through CR2C would not be required as the modified project design has been updated to include changes to the original project that respond to the design-related mitigation measures included in the certified final EIR to address impacts to the Shattuck Hotel and the setting of historic landmarks adjacent to the project. Mitigation measure CR4A through C would continue to be required 
as construction of the project may still produce ground vibration or soil movement at the foundation of nearby historical resources, which could affect those resources' structural stability. Now I'll hand it back to Ms. Gong to wrap up. Great. Thanks, Katie. So I'll just note a couple more points and then we'll conclude. Um, the project, um, it, you've heard me say this a lot lately, but and I know it's true of this project as well. The project is eligible for approval according to the State Housing Accountability Act or HAA for student, pursuant to the HAA because the project is compliant with all objective general plan and zoning standards. It can't be denied, nor can the density be reduced unless findings can be made that the project would cause specific adverse impact that cannot be feasibly mitigated. The project is also eligible for Senate Bill 330 streamlined review, and this meeting is the fourth out of the five public meetings that the city can hold for review and decision on the project, with the last public hearing reserved for a potential appeal to council. Now that concludes staff's presentation, and we can take any questions that you have. Thank you very much, Sharon and Katie. I see Igor has a question. Uh, thank you so much for the detailed presentation. Um, I may be the only uh, remaining board member here who was around during the last project. I don't think Vice Chair O'Keefe is present tonight. Um, so on the theater, um, I actually can't recall. Um, is it that uh, the the theater is still in existence, but the footprint, no. So the theater has been relocated um, or mm -hmm. has ceased operations. Yeah. Um, can you uh, expound on, on that? Um, and I noticed that uh, the footprint of the alterations being proposed has changed. Could you just uh, speak to that uh, change as well? Sure. Um, I, I think that is correct. The, the Shattuck Cinemas has ceased operations, but the facility is still there. Um, that is, the theaters are still in place. Um, the difference in the project boundaries, I believe that this current project uh, boundary line has pulled back from the uh, Shattuck Cinema um, facility at the area um, back to i'm not sure how much maybe 10 or 15 feet or something like that so it's a smaller footprint um, than the previous project in that area but otherwise the the other boundaries of the project are pretty much the same thank you and just even though you've said it and it's in the report but i just wanted to make sure that uh, demolition of the theaters is not being proposed in this uh, rendition of the project, correct? I believe that a portion of the theater facilities are being demolished and replaced with the underground garage. I see. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Debbie? Okay. Um, I have a couple of questions. First, um, the um, terrace at ground level on the north side of the building, there uh, it's adjacent to a commercial space that is labeled coffee shop. Um, and the public space 
uh, it shows if you look at um, A1111. Um, you can see that on the left there, the public space, it is under the buildings from the second floor up. I'm, I'm just wanna make sure I'm clear on this. And then, so the space underneath that at ground level is a public space. Um, and there's a door from it to the coffee shop. I wanted to be sure, and maybe we add a condition of approval that that space remain public and not be um, treated as if it's part of the coffee shop. I wandered down many times looking for a nice place to sit with my lunch and kept getting shooed away from the place uh, next to the library. Um, so I think this is a wonderful addition to downtown Berkeley to have a little space that's covered where people can sit and eat their lunch or just go and chat. So um, I wanted just to be very clear that that is public space and cannot be claimed to be part of the coffee shop. Is, um, is there a question in your uh, comment here? Oh, I just wanted to be sure that I was right, that that is public space and not part of the coffee shop. Uh, Sharon, can you respond to that? Yes. So, yes, that is meant to be public space and publicly accessible, um, and it contributes to the uh, privately owned public open space in the project. So, um, but I, I, I think you do raise a good point where um, you may um, wish to condition it so that that space doesn't ever get taken up by the coffee shop operations. Okay. Um, the other question I had is that I noticed that the second through seventh floor uh, crossed the property line a little bit on the on the Herald Way side. I didn't see any mention of an encroachment permit. Um, and let me see what page that was on. Also A11. Um, so is there some, it makes the front of the building much more interesting. It has a slight bend to it, which I like. Uh, but I'm curious that there's no encroachment permit. There would be an encroachment permit. They would have to uh, apply for encroachment okay. permit from Public Works, yeah. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, just to be uh, completely clear, uh, I'm looking at sheet A1004, Debbie, and the the area that that you were addressing in your original comment that uh, Sharon confirmed is public space. Uh, can you identify it where it is on that sheet, just so we're all on the same page, literally here? It's the piece at the northwest corner adjacent to Austin. Why? That's that that. That certainly could work. That's plan level one of the proposed yeah. A1-111, if you can yes. find that. Yeah, I looked at that page a lot. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's the piece on the left-hand side adjacent to Alston Way. Is, 
Are you asking me a question? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, if we're going, I mean, it sounds like there may be a condition placed on the, uh, 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 if, if there's a motion tonight, placed on the motion. I just wanted to be, I wanted all the commissioners to be clear about uh, the area of your concern. Yeah, that's it, right there. So it's along Alston Way, or is it? Uh, yes, Harold? it fronts on Alston Way. It's on the corner of Alston and Harold. And the building is recessed at ground level, but from the second floor to the seventh floor, it's the building protrudes over that space. I got you. So what you're saying is that the the space which on this sheet is identified as outdoor space, parenthetically open to the public, you just want to confirm that that will be open to the public in perpetuity right. for the zoning. Okay, very good. Thank you. I just wanted to be clear so that we were all, you know, literally, you know, on the same page. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, anyone else from this commission with questions for Sharon or for Katie? Okay, very good. Well, uh, thank you both for your presentations. We'll now bring it back to the attendees, um, uh, sorry, to the uh, applicant. Uh, and I see that William Schrader is here as well as Mohammed Mohsen. I assume that uh, you would like to have a chance to speak and you have your five minutes. Is there anyone else from your team, Bill, that you'd like to have here tonight? No, it's just Mohammed and I, although we do have a full complement of folks, if there's any direct, uh, any, any questions that he and I can't answer. Very good. Thank you. Okay. Are you ready for us to get going? I, I don't see a, a, a timer up there, but I can keep track. Yes. So please proceed. You have your five minutes. Okay. Thank you. So in, uh, in the spirit of being efficient, I'm just going to- You have your five minutes as soon as your audio is working. Oh. I don't, I don't hear you. Oh, uh, I should be. I hear you. I hear else? you. Test, test. I hear Bill, you. We can, can hear you. Charles, no, no, can you hear us? Bill? Charles, can you hear Give me? Give a shot. Okay. We seem to have um, some, uh, we are having some technical difficulties. Okay. Here, Bill, um, I don't know why. You might try calling in on your cell phone. Oh. Uh, we, we, can everybody else hear me? We can all hear you. Anyone who can't hear. Chair, I think it's I'm the only one who can hear. <laughs> <Correct>. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. I can hear you now. So go ahead. Okay. <laughs> uh, again, in in the spirit of being uh, efficient, I'm just going to spend about 30 seconds, and I'm going to pass the baton over to Mohammed, and he's going to give you a full presentation on the project. I just wanted to quickly thank Sharon, Fatima Crane, um, as well as the rest of the planning staff. We worked uh, very hard. Uh, with uh, the full complement of staff, including economic development. Um, really, before we actually submitted anything on this project, because you guys, as you know, the last time this went through, it was pretty controversial, and we wanted to work kind of cohesively with staff first before we brought it out to the commission and to the community. Um, we did uh, meet with Design Review. We met with uh, Landmarks twice. Uh, we've been approved by both. Um, and we would like to uh, we'd like to get moving and uh, get this project off the ground uh, in the next couple of months. So hopefully we can get a positive approval tonight and get some much needed housing uh, in in uh, into downtown Berkeley. And uh, we're we're excited about the project. We really tried hard to meet a lot of different people's uh, interests and perspectives on this project, given its location 
and the historic nature of kind of this block, which is, has been you know, stated by Sharon. We've got you know, the post office is historic, certainly the hotel's historic, and um, uh, some of the Dharma College buildings are historic, as well as our, our downtown li library. So with that, I'm going to turn it over uh, to Mohammed, and hopefully we're going to get a couple of minutes if we need any rebuttal or answers for anybody, and we're prepared to do that tonight. So thank you. <clears throat> uh, can I be promoted to a uh, uh, panelist? I can share my screen. Um, I seem to be having some auditory problems. Uh, could someone speak just so I can see if it's Bill? Hello there. Can, can I you can hear, hear you, Debbie. I don't know why I can hear Bill. Go ahead, Mohammed. Can you all see my screen? Yes. Very good. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm going to do a quick overview, touch on a few aspects, and address some of the comments that we've received and the conditions we got from our last LPC meeting. This is our ground level. Uh, you can see highlighted in orange. These are all. That's all the commercial mm -hmm. space that we have provided. Uh, we uh, we are just under 5,000 square feet in commercial space in total at the ground level, and all the highlighted in yellow is our leasing office, residential amenities, and the services that we're proposing are all kind of aligned towards the alley at the back. One of the comments that we, uh, or the conditions we got from LPC had to do with the commercial space uh, at the corner of Harold and Kittredge. Uh, we had initially uh, shown this as an open colonnade. There was no commercial space there, but we got a lot of feedback in terms of being able to activate the corner and include a little bit of commercial. We initially put uh, this narrow strip of retail, but in a second meeting with LTC, we got some comments and concerns about the viability of a, of a commercial space that narrow. And so we ended up widening it. That's what you're seeing right now. We've made it 1800 square feet. We're showing how we're accommodating bathrooms in that, in that scenario. Um, a second comment that we've received had to do with the internal connection between the bike lockers and the, uh, the, the leasing on the lobby at the ground level. Uh, and so we've incorporated a ramping system. There's a little bit of a, a plane change here between the lockers accessible from the alley and the, and the residential lobbies. And so we ended up having to include this ramping that goes all the way up. So that provided a convenient uh, connection internally. That was one of the conditions. Typical level, residential, double loaded, fairly straightforward. The exterior facades, uh, we've spent a good bit of time uh, working on this. Um, we wanted to make sure that the design is uh, complementary to the historic buildings that we have uh, next to us and across the street with the library, Hotel Shattuck Plaza on the right there at the far, far right. Uh, considering all of the downtown guidelines, design guidelines, you can see we have uh, a strong base, middle and a cap, you know, the materiality, durable materials at the, at the base of the building with masonry. And then as we go up the building, you see the lighter colors, fiber cement panel, and up at the very top of the building, uh, we've got stucco in that sandy color. Uh, this right here shows how we've really taken the massing from the Hotel Shattuck Plaza and tried to uh, complement the transitions between the base and the field condition. And you can see how we drew these lines and uh, tried to capture similar and consistent massing uh, along the facade. Uh, this here shows that commercial space that we've added at the intersection of Harold and Kittredge 
initially the colonnade, the feedback we got on that, that it felt like the back of the building, not the front. And that is actually our front door uh, through that Kittredge Plaza leading to the leasing office. So I think the change really did improve the, the aesthetics and the, uh, the activation of the corner at, at, that, at that area. Here it is again, you can see all the commercial space that we've got. It really wraps, you know, wraps the three streets and, and touches uh, multiple points uh, in terms of connectivity to the sidewalks. This is the, the uh, Alston Herald uh, uh, intersection. This is the area that was mentioned uh, as this open public, uh, uh, open to the public, it's an open space. Uh, we went back and forth on this a couple of times and ended up with this design that captures screening. Initially, we had it a little bit more open, but we got comments and feedback that uh, it was not holding the edge of the street the same way the hotel uh, Shattuck uh, uh, was doing. And so we've incorporated this metal screen to try to give it more of a mass and a volume. And it created this really unique space here. We also have a little bit of grade change and this at this corner here, the grids drops, it gives us that dramatic height, especially with the fact that we have two story volume at that location. So I think it's turning out really, really well. We're very pleased with how it's, it's progressing. Um, you Sorry, may I just notice... wanna um, let you know that five minutes is up for the applicant. <laughs> okay. I'll give uh, you another minute. This is a I'll substantial approach. I'll give you another minute or so. Thank you so much. I'll, I'll wrap up in a minute. Um, you may see, you may notice that that corner of Alston has got a little bit more modern type detailing in comparison to what we have on, on uh, Kittredge. Um, and that actually evolved over the meetings, the LPC meetings that we had. We had started with more, more of a modern feel and look for the entire perimeter of the building. Uh, we were encouraged to look at something that's a little bit more formal on the Kittredge facade, just given the proximity to the library and the, and the hotel. And that's where you're seeing um, the red here is, is the facade that we were looking at at Kittredge. And that ended up being a little more symmetrical, a little bit more organized in terms of window patterns. Um, and then we've, we've taken this large sort of the long facade along Harold to transition from, from that more formal design and detailing to something that is a little bit more modern. Um, that came up in, in our uh, LPC meetings and uh, we were encouraged to look at it just given the size of the building to look at it potentially as slightly different styling between the two sides. And so we, we've captured that in, in, the, in the development of the, of the schemes. Uh, the third comment that we got had to do with the uh, plaza. Uh, and so we have really worked uh, with, the, with the committee um, on this one. Initially, we got feedback about how the plaza felt disconnected from the sidewalks. We had a little bit of great challenges. So we had some steps and we had big planners to hold the edge. But along the way, we were able to work on uh, basically uh, warping the, the plaza a little bit so that it does connect to the sidewalks and follows the grades. So it really opens it up and makes it more inviting. And, uh, and you can see some of the features that we've got, uh, we've got there with the pebble seating and some of the outdoor seating that will uh, be right outside that commercial space that we added. Uh, just last thing to show you. Um, there was discussions about the detailing and the articulation and, and, and improving the overall feel for that for the uh, plaza area and and uh, we this is this is obviously not the colors we're proposing but we took the um, 
the, uh, the same detailing that we have here, and we've kind of wrapped that around the entire perimeter. Uh, and so you can see on the Herald facade, there's just a lot of the same detailing and articulation related to the brick pilasters, the, uh, the overhangs and the, and the awnings over the uh, live work units. And it really helps break up the facade and strengthen the base all the way up to uh, the, the Alston corner. We had originally um, we we had originally not included any live work units, and the facade looked something like this. And we got feedback from economic development and staff that we needed to break it up a little bit more. We needed to connect to the sidewalk and activate it. And I think where we where we were headed with that is is turning out to be um, yeah, that's, a much better you. much better uh, approach. Much so better. with that with that, um, I've got all the drawings that you have in your packet. I've got the model. I'm happy to spin around, answer any questions, get into uh, any aspects of the project in a lot more detail. I appreciate you giving me an extra couple of minutes. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Mohammed. It's a major project for the city in terms of its size. It's much larger than <clears throat> what we typically see. And I think it merits uh, for this commission an uh, additional minute or two to understand exactly what you're doing. Um, any questions for the applicant uh, from this panel? Don't see any hands Wait. raised. Uh, I think then, oh, Debbie? It takes me a while to scroll over to the hand to raise it. I just had one question. On the Harold Way side, there is one bedroom, one unit that's not a live work unit. And I'm just curious as to why you put one dwelling unit there. And not more commercial. So, in your drawing at the uh, bottom right corner, mm -hmm. there's a dwelling unit at ground level. Yep. And it's kind of odd to have a dwelling unit at ground level. I know that the downtown area plan lets you do that if you're not on a major street. Um, but I'm just curious as to why you didn't just make that commercial. Uh, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy to jump in and answer that. So when we started, um, in order to get the density in, we actually had a lot more units on the ground level. The way the way this was was really configured, it was uh, leasing office, entry area right here, fitness, and then we had units all along Harold, and we did have a commercial space at the Alston uh, facade. That was always in to start with. When we started the conversations with staffing and started to get feedback. Um, we were uh, we 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 quickly um, uh, understood that we're going to need to provide a little bit more uh, access, a little bit a little bit more connectivity to the sidewalks. And so this is the facade when we had units just all the way at the ground oh, level. Okay. And so slowly we've kind of we started with three live work units, and that grew to four live work units. And so. We didn't necessarily replace all of the residential that was in the ground. We just worked out a rhythm, as you're as you're seeing in the uh, in the facade here, so that we can uh, every 50, 60 feet or so, we we have uh, a recess, we have an entry point, and kind of break that ground level from being continuous and monotonous. And so we were able to to do that and save a few of the units that are accessible from from the from the entry corridors. Uh, all of these live work units, as well as the two units that I highlighted here, they're all accessible from the internal corridor that is uh, uh, connected yeah. to the lobby. 
the four live work units have their own entries from Herald as well, and that connects directly into the commercial component of the live work unit. Okay, thank you. Of course. Guys, hear me. I seem to be having trouble with my headset. Can you hear me, Debbie? We can hear you. Oh, good. Okay, thanks for uh, answering that question. Um, any other questions from the commission? In that case, we will open it up to the attendees. I see two attendees with hands up. If there's anyone else who wishes to speak, please raise your hand now so that we can manage the well. Okay, we'll recognize John and Kelly. Uh, John D, you're up. Thank you. My name is John Dalrymple. I'm um, speaking for East Bay Residents Responsible Development, who have several dozen uh, Berkeley resident members. I want to apologize, Ms. Gong, and to the commissioners for the very late filing, very late filing of a letter that we submitted right before the meeting started. Um, and the reason it's late is two. One is that we the we wanted to look at the staff findings for the introduction of the hard hat ordinance, and those findings support what is in this letter in front of you, and the conditions of approval, which I'm going to add, suggest that you apply. The second is you know we ended in conversation with Bill, um, the applicant, and uh, hoping that he would turn uh, turn away from the low road construction model that they've embraced for this project. Unfortunately, that did not happen. So those things contributed to the late, very late letter. Um, this, this project is inconsistent with the city's construction workforce goals and is inconsistent with the workforce and economic requirements of the general plan and downtown area plan. The zoning code mandates that use permits for housing projects developed within the city cannot be approved if they are detrimental to the health, safety, peace, morals, comfort, or general welfare of the city and its residents, workers, and visitors um, to the surrounding neighborhood. And this certainly is inconsistent and would cause detrimental uh, impacts on uh, residents and on the construction workforce. I'll give you one quick example. Um, construction workers are four times less likely to be insured um, the business model that this, this developer has embraced is open shop. It'll be bidding to non-signatory contractors. But regardless of their union or non-union, these contractors have a practice in this city of not of providing health care benefits, which case the workers and their families go to your public health department uh, to gain the kind of health care coverage that they need. This project will also not have apprentices on the project, which means that we're not training a workforce, the workforce we need to build the kind of housing that we must have. So I suggest you put two conditions on this project. One, to require that they have health care coverage for the construction workforce, and two, that apprentices be, uh, uh, be employed in the construction of the project. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, John. Uh, we have Kelly. Um, thank you. I have several comments and since there are only two of us, I hope if I run over, you won't cut me off. Turns out someone else wants to talk too, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, so when the initial EIR was done, I would say that we were less aware of the impact of all this glass on birds. And there is a lot of glass on this building, lots and lots of windows. And that should make ordering bird safe glass 
uh, throughout the building much easier for um, this development. And I would ask that we make it 100, 100, 100. Uh, that would be bird safe glass and all the, all the way around the building. Um, and it's eight stories, so that would be from the ground to the top. So that's, um, and they've asked for conditions and exceptions. So I would ask that we get bird safe glass in exchange. Um, the other thing is we're taking out the Shattuck Cinemas and one of the requests that really kind of got lost at the LPC because um, Mr. Finicom wasn't there that evening and his note didn't get read until after the vote. And he made a request that um, before the wrecking ball goes to the building that there be pictures taken of the murals in the, in the Shattuck Cinemas and though they don't truly qualify as landmarking since we don't landmark the interior of buildings. Um, this could be a very nice decorative thing like in one of their rooms or something with the building because they're just fabulous murals in there. I would also, I ask that before the wrecking ball take down the building, they do what they can to deconstruct uh, the Shattuck Cinemas. There's a lot of stuff in, in the Shattuck Cinemas that seems like it ought to go off to be reused rather than to landfill. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is we have this wall of black stucco. And as I talked about at the design review committee, and we'll be sending you um, a note on this, according to the local hazard mitigation plan, in terms of dealing with extreme heat events in the future, that an abundance of hard dark surfaces such as buildings and walls in this case will exacerbate urban heat island effect. Um, and so um, I've noticed in one of the other buildings that Mr. Schrader has done, he put black on the top of the building, black stucco, which is really the opposite of what we should be doing as we're planning um, for a resilient future to cope with extreme heat events. And according to the local hazard mitigation plan, we can expect a lot of those. Besides that, the black is just dreary. Can you wrap, wrap it up, Kelly? Yeah, so it would be nice to have um, something that is just um, a lighter color that is more pleasant for people to look at than just a black wall that's going to absorb heat. And um, that really Thanks. covers it. Thank you very much. Thank you. So we have one more uh, person to speak on this, and then we'll hear from the applicant if they have uh, any comments on the comments. Uh, Jack, please unmute Jack the Trunker, I think. You're still muted, Jack. Um, I'm not sure uh, what the problem is, but Jack Petranker seems to be muted. So um, I'll give uh, I'll give the applicant an opportunity to respond to John and Kelly's comments. And um, Jack, if you can figure a way to unmute yourself, we'll try to give you a shot. It's a two-minute uh, response time. 
Charles, can you hear me this time? Yes, I can. I okay. don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, I, I, I think it's uh, isolated to you for some reason tonight. Usually it's me. <laughs> so yes, thank you for the two minutes. And I will be passing the baton to uh, Todd uh, Williams, our attorney, to talk about the union issue. But uh, I'll address Kelly's uh, bird glass, the murals that are currently uh, internal to the movie theater, uh, as well as the lobby to the movie theater, as well as the demolition. Let me let me take it in reverse order. The demolition requirements, both in the city of Berkeley and in the state of California, are very regulated. Um, we will be following all those guidelines for breaking the building. It's really deconstruction these days. I wouldn't even call it demolition. Uh, we have to use green halo, and we'll be taking all the materials to any any of the materials that are are uh, uh, recyclable, they'll all go into the correct places. The murals and some of the other elements inside the theaters, we've actually inventoried and taken photos of, and we're gonna try to save and put some of that in some you know, un unique locations within the building. We're looking at that right now. And then last on bird glass, you know, the problem is we just don't know enough yet about bird glass and how it works. Um, I already had another project where this came up, and I've done some personal research on bird glass. The problem is the glass manufacturers have not synced up yet, really, with the window uh, manufacturers. Um, I did agree to put some uh, film on the ground floor of another building where we had some landscaping that could attract birds. I, I think it's still up in the air, and I think staff is reviewing this. Uh, issue right now as a referral from council. It's not clear to me that bird glass is something that's required above the ground floor, um, as well as frankly, even, even the ground floor, it's not clear. So I think there needs to be more work done by staff. And then I think all of us as developers, if, if there's, so, you know, if there's uh, a path forward, we'll, you know, it's something we'll look at. Thank you. So you're out of time, but I have a question for yes. your attorney. Uh, what does he have to say about the other concerns that were voiced by John D. <clears throat> regarding apprentice and healthcare coverage? Todd? I think you might need to promote him. Todd Williams? Yeah. Yes. He's promoted now. There we go. Can you yep. Uh, well, I could hear you, but then you disappeared. You're muted, Tom. Uh, oh, there there you, you go. Okay, I'll, I'll be very brief. Uh, I would just say we have not seen the letter that was submitted late. We've been asking for any correspondence all day. So clearly this came in maybe even after the hearing started. I don't know. Uh, but to the request to add two conditions regarding providing healthcare coverage and apprentices. Um, we don't think that that's a requirement that could be legally mandated for this um, project, given the very broad uh, uh, policies um, as the staff report you know, clearly sets out. Um, there is no basis uh, in the record to support a finding that this project would result in any public health and safety uh, issues. Uh, related to the HAA or or any other law, so we don't think there's a legal basis to um, to support adding those two proposed conditions. 
Okay. Well, and then thanks. Charles, if I could just add kind of a broader perspective, I, I know John personally, I've had lunch and breakfast with him. I've worked with him on another project outside of Berkeley. So I know him, um, you know, the, the, we, we have been building, we being many developers in Berkeley have been building open shop for the, you know, really since the downtown plan was put in place. And every project that I have built in town has resulted in somewhere between 40 and 60% union anyway, as an open shop. And so I understand the unions would like to have it. I, I, Bill, I don't think uh, union okay. or non-union is our prerogative. Okay, thank you. Trust. So, uh, I mean, we're it so, but it's not in the zoning code. So I really thank don't you. think it's a relevant issue. Thank you. Uh, a Jack Petranker has finally become unmuted. Jack, I'm going to give you your day in your two thank minutes you. in court. Yeah, yeah um, I apologize for that. Uh, Totally my my problem. Um, just two things that I need. I just want to be clear about. If I understand correctly, the commercial development is along Kittredge. The live work units are along Herald. I just want to confirm that. Yes, except that live work is in the Berkeley Code considered a commercial use. John, just okay. for or Jack, just for uh, you know okay. nomenclature. And and the <clears> other <throat> question I have. Let me explain that I'm with the, the Dharma College Mangalam Research Center units that will be across the way. So I'm concerned about Harold Way and if there's been any discussion or where things stand right now. And in the drawings, it looks like it's basically going to stay unaffected. There had been some discussion about um, having, closing it and stuff. About yeah. closing it. So I want I'd like to hear where that that's stands not right part now. of to my knowledge, that's not part of this application. Okay. Okay, that's it. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Jack. Um, with that, I uh, would like to close the um, public hearing um, and uh, bring it back to this commission. Uh, I see Sharon has her hand up. I'd like to uh, give you an opportunity to speak, Sharon. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Chair Khan. Um, uh, it's been brought to my attention that there has been an addition to uh, the changes in the conditions document. Um, so condition number 29, which is the percent for public art fee, uh, will also uh, propose to be moved from the uh, implementation before building permit approval to the uh, Certificate of Occupancy section. Very good. So any motion tonight, it's sufficient to say that the conditions will be adjusted as advocated for by staff at tonight's hearing. Thank you. Very good. Um, I would like then to uh, bring it again back to this commission. I see Igor, you have your hand up and then Debbie. Uh, thank you, and um, I know we are now racing the clock to see if we can maybe get something done before the captioner break, so um, I will keep it quick. Um, I will make a motion just uh, to put something forward for discussion uh, and you. would love to hear uh, Debbie's additions because I think there's a condition she wants to propose. Um, but my uh, motion is to approve uh, the project um, 
as is. Um, with that addition, I would um, like to say two things on the board class. Um, as part of my motion, I would like to make a recommendation that is part of uh, final design review. The use of uh, board safe glass is considered that is consistent with um, what we have done in other uh, projects. Um, I think it would be appropriate here. Um, and I'm very sympathetic to um, the concept of um, making sure that um, not spe necessarily specific to this project, but in general, that construction not be done on the backs of workers, uh, that it really should be a gateway for them to the middle class. Um, as uh, as John knows, and as uh, some of uh, others of you know, I have been a strong proponent of the hard hats ordinance. That is not up for us to decide on, but the, uh, my understanding is it is coming to the council in December. Um, and so it may, I will leave it up to um, legal minds brighter than my own, since I am not a legal mind to begin with, um, as to whether it would be applicable here with the timing of things. Um, we just, I've not received this document, so I can't opine on it. Um, and therefore, um, I'm not able to add those conditions to my motion. But I wanted to just explain my reasoning for that. Um, with that, I will yield back. Thank you, Igor. Uh, Debbie? Do I have a second? You're muted still. Debbie, you're muted still. Cool. Okay. I will second Igor's motion and request a friendly amendment to add a condition of approval, ensuring that the ground, that the open space at the corner of Austin and Harold Way be, uh, to be somehow reassured that that will remain public, public access. Yes, I am very amenable to your <laughs> amendment. I, I'd like to make my own amendment, uh, Igor, with uh, your and Debbie's permission, uh, which is that the uh, adjustments to the conditions cited by Sharon on her two occasions tonight when she spoke to those uh, be accepted by this uh, commission as part of the mission. So noted. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yes. Well, I, I don't see any other uh, comments. This is a HAA a consistent project. I'm um, sorry, we need to take a captioner's break. It's 9.01. Oh, okay, nine o'clock. Let's be back. Let's be back. How long does the break need to be, Samantha? Can we 10 do minutes. 10 minutes. See y'all in 10 minutes, and hopefully we can get this wrapped up and send you home. Aha. Send me home. I'm still at the office. Okay, <laughs> see y'all in 10. At 9, 9.10, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hi, this is the captioner. Um, the uh, auto captions are on and they need to be blocked so that I can have my captions come up. I hope somebody can hear me. Um, I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah, you need to turn off auto captions. It says... I don't see auto captions. Mm. Disable auto transcription. That's it, yeah. And then mine will come up. Hopefully, hopefully we'll hope for that. Okay. All right, thank you so much. Yeah, sorry about that. Not a problem. Thank you. You're welcome.
Hey, Igor. I'm just waiting for our quorum to be restored before recognizing you. Before formally recognizing you, you're free to chat in the meantime if you want. Oh, we're not on air right now? We're not. Uh, I'm waiting for. We're not live right now. No, I think we, we may be live, but it's not. Not uh, officially doing business. We we do look alive. No, as alive as a bunch of Zoom personalities can. First time that I got on Zoom, I really felt like I was in Hollywood Squares. You know, do you remember? I think I'm showing my age. I don't know. I Kimberly probably doesn't know what I'm talking about. It was a hokey game show where they had nine celebrities I... answering you know questions and trying to be smart or funny it was a pretty funny show but they were in these boxes mm -hmm. hollywood squares I'm old enough to remember <laughs> so igor where where is your do you know your your roots the roots of your family um well yeah uh Ukraine, Belarus. Wow. And when did they come? When, when did they come here? Well, I uh, I came here with them when I was a kid. Wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. Well, welcome, welcome, Igor. That's a happy moment in this place. <laughs> That's great. Wow. So you were born in in Belarus. I was born in Ukraine. In Ukraine. In Kiev. You, you, but you don't speak Ukrainian or anything, do you? I speak broken Ukrainian. <laughs> More power to you. That's a wonderful thing. Okay, let's see. Do we have a, I think we have a quorum now. There's seven of us here. Yes, has an eighth, which is great. Um, and it's 9-12. So, Let's uh, continue the uh, discussion. I think I was just about to say that I would be voting for your motion, Igor, um, in that there have been four hearings on this uh, building already. And uh, this is the, sorry, three already. This is the fourth, which, and we need to reserve one for council. So we need to take action tonight. I see no reason not to. So uh, with that, I'd like to ask Samantha to let's like call Samantha for a vote. Uh, Igor, unless you have some, another comment, yes. Yeah, I, f I forgot to add, um, I think this is gonna be a recommendation. I'm not sure if this is going for final design review, but to for Kelly's comment, consider another color palette than um, black stock of all. Thank you. I would put that um, as a recommendation. Yeah, and, and while we're on the subject of recommendations, I'd like to recommend to the applicant that, that he consider uh, bird protection measures. Uh, obviously, he's already considering that. And if between now and final design review, he determines a methodology for bird safety that uh, is available and workable, that uh, this committee would support that uh, finding at, at final design review. Um, and I, I have one other comment, which is it's unthinkable to me that anybody would work on a construction site without health insurance. So we cannot regulate that. 
we don't have that legislative power. But uh, I think it's, uh, I personally would be ashamed to be a developer who didn't provide or see to it that health insurance was provided for every individual uh, working on a site. And Bill, you're a fine guy. I expect you to see to that. Um, that is a comment, not part of the motion. Uh, however, the recommendation is part of this motion, uh, if that's acceptable, Igor, to you and to Debbie. Yes. I heartily accept. Okie doke. Samantha? Okay. Um, hopefully, I've gotten this right. Um, the motion is to, I have my sticky notes. Good. Um, we have a motion to adopt the EIR that, oh, we actually yes. don't have a motion. Do we? We the motion. I, I did make a motion. You did. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Did I, uh, I amend it to adopt the EIR? Um, yes. And the revised mitigation uh, monitoring and reporting. And the revised MMD. Okay. Great. Thank you. I see a nod from the second, which I'll treat as a yes. Okay, uh, so the motion is to adopt the EIR addendum and revised mitigation monitoring and reporting program and approve the use permit with the following changes. Conditions number 29, 30, and 34 will be moved to be required prior to the certificate of occupancy. Um, the added condition that open space at Alston and the Herald Way um, are open to the public. And then a recommendation that bird safe glass is considered at final DR, as well as bird safe measures, and to consider another color palette. Yes. That's it. Um, and so, board member Sanderson? Yes. Duffy? Yes. Thompson? Yes. Uh, Chair Khan? Yes. Kim? Yes. Gaffney? Yes. Uh, oops. And Trigger? <laughs> yes. I knew I was going to get it wrong at least once tonight. <laughs> uh, Joey, I don't think. Here to help. Uh, and Commissioner Kim, I believe, is. Uh, Sorry. Did we? Did everyone vote? I voted yes. Oh, very good. I just didn't hear it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no okay, great. It's unanimous. Uh, the use permit is approved with all the uh, conventional limitations and conditions. Um, and we can proceed with a, our final couple of items. We do have a few more items. Uh, reports from subcommittees. I think the only subcommittee right now that would be reporting is design review. Um, and I and Kimberly uh, may may Kimberly may have some comments to offer, but I wanted to uh, let uh, all this commission know that we had a unusual uh, for us um, meeting at the last design review where we specifically made uh, had a discussion we had a presentation from staff about the current outline of a proposal to 
the Planning Commission for bird safe glass per the council's request. It's taken, it's been some time coming. I do think that uh, Kelly and Aaron's uh, persistence on this has gotten some wheels rolling and uh, that uh, proposal will be made to um, Planning Commission. Uh, Samantha, is, is James, I'm trying to remember the name of the planner that presented to us. I want to get it right. Justin Horner? Justin, that's right. Justin many Horner of you know from the Zorp work. Had a great, was well prepared to present to us. And um, fortunately, I think, and we had a wonderful discussion about it. Uh, and uh, Kelly and Aaron, Aaron were both advanced panelists. So it was just a, a very, it wasn't a formal um, action on the part of design review. We are not, design review is not a legislative body and has no status uh, as such, but we are certainly concerned citizens. And I really appreciate staff coming to us and asking our opinion um, about the bird safe measure. Uh, we learned a lot. There are a number of architects on the uh, committee. And uh, one of the things that we're learning is that um, there's a need for, certainly a need for bird safe glass in our buildings but that the industry hasn't caught up with it yet, apparently. And uh, it's very difficult to obtain, particularly for uh, small projects, residential projects. Um, so there's gonna be more, more data gathering that needs to happen. And um, I just thought that there was really a thoughtful discussion about it coming from, from DRC, which should help inform the process moving forward. Kimberly, do you wanna add anything to that? Um, not really. I mean, it's mostly um, also like, you know, we, we kind of discussed that if manufacturers haven't caught up with bird safe glass, we looked at alternative um, measures, whether it's like film and discussed also, you know, if film is a good um, tactic and just other, other ways to mitigate it, um, even if the manufacturing isn't quite there yet. Um, yeah, one of, the, one of the goals that we generally agreed upon was uh, what, what was cited uh, earlier by Kelly, the 100-100-100, which is 100% uh, conformance throughout the city for 100% of the projects, 100% of the glass up to the 80, 75, 85 feet. I can't remember the exact number. Um, and 100% um, of projects. I, I'm not sure I got the 100, 100, 100 right. But uh, we felt that needed to be phased in because a lot of the products just aren't available right now, readily available, particularly for private homeowners. And uh, we didn't want to dissuade homeowners from replacing windows that uh, are currently uh, not energy efficient. That's also a sustainable concern. So, you know, you have to be thoughtful about uh, well-intentioned legislation that it doesn't have unintended consequences. And it was great having a really free and open discussion about it. So I just wanted to, you know, make this commission aware that you're, uh, subcommittee that reports this commission had uh, taken an active role in the future of the city and making it a pioneer for um, legislation. One of the first cities, hopefully there'll be many more, all cities and counties uh, looking after our avian associates. <laughs> We're in trouble with birds. And as, as Kelly will quickly point out, our insect populations are just plummeting 
which is also hurting the birds. I mean, we're really in trouble, folks. That's bad, you know? So anyway, on that happy note, <laughs> anyway, I thank all of you for what you're doing to try to do your part and get some people taken care of. And uh, we just got to do what we can do, right? So I think, uh, do I have a motion for um, adjournment? I see your hand up, Igor. Um, regrettably, um, I am making this motion to adjourn in memory of former council member Ying Li. Oh, thank you for that, Igor. I appreciate that. <clears throat> I will second. Samantha? Sure. I am on <laughs> Okay, board member Sanderson. Yes. Steffi. Yes. Thompson. Yes. Chair Khan. Yes. Kim. Yes. Gaffney. Yes. And Tregum. Yes. Thank you very much, commission members. You will not see me in October as my firm has a project coming to this commission. So I'll be asking for an, abs an excused absence to be sure that my seat is filled. Um, mm. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, in, uh, not in November because we're not meeting, right, Samantha? In November. No meetings in November uh, because of Veterans Day and Great. Thanksgiving. Well, I'll see you in December. And I hope everybody has a good fall. And <laughs> see y'all later. Bye-bye, all. Good night. See you. Take care. Take care, everybody. Have a good night.